Wow. Thank you both for that beautiful rendition of His Eye is on the Sparrow. It's a little bit different from what was listed in your bulletin, but Bo called the audible and we are grateful for it. And I welcome you here tonight to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in the Loop. My name is Pastor Ben Adams, and we are so grateful to have you with us in this time after Epiphany. It's this weird time kind of in the church season between the time of Christmas and then Epiphany and the time that we celebrate Lent or observe Lent, really. And uh, Lent is fast approaching, but we can dwell in this liminal space, this time together uh, between Epiphany and Lent and really spend some time in discernment, in the word, in the word that God has for us at this time. And I welcome you because Christ welcomes us. We welcome one another in this space at Holy Trinity, no matter who we are or where we're from, no matter the color of our skin or who we love or marry, no matter our gender identity, our age, our ability, our documentation status, our voting record, even how we feel about organized church or religion, or even online church in this time. We hope that this is a space where you can feel God's presence and experience God's love and grace anew in your life. I wanna give us a chance to give us a, a moment to welcome one another actually. So I invite you at this time to um, go into gallery view, turn your video screen on if you feel so comfortable and to go into gallery view and give each other a wave, welcome each other as the gathered body of Christ here this night. And we can just say hello to one another as we do that. And once we are done welcoming each other, I invite you to take a deep breath, center your heart, center your spirit as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship with our gathering hymn, Heaven is Singing for Joy. Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
and also with you. Almighty God, by grace alone, you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your spirit and make us worthy of your call through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, get up. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God had second thoughts about the calamity that God had said would be done to them, and God did not do it. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.
For God alone I wait in silence. Truly my hope is in God. God alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold so that I shall never be shaken. My soul is at God is my deliverance and my honor. God is my strong rock and my refuge. Put your trust in God always, O people. Pour out your hearts before the one who is our refuge. My soul is at rest in God Those of high degree are but a fleeting breath. Those of low estate cannot be trusted. Placed on the scales together, they weigh even less than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. In robbery, take no empty pride. Though wealth increase, set not your heart upon it. My soul is at God has spoken once, twice have I heard it, that power belongs to God. Steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay all according to their deeds. My soul is at rest in God, O A reading from 1 Corinthians. Brothers, sisters, and siblings, the anointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who are married be as though they were not, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God.
The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats mending the nets. Immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired, hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In seminary, I was a part of the LSTC improv troupe. And I did this because I thought that trying something like improv, something that was outside of my comfort zone and performative, thought that it would help me develop my presence, my speaking presence, particularly as a preacher. And looking back on it, maybe it did move the needle of my preaching ever so slightly. But I got to admit, I was terrible at improv. Maybe a more generous way of saying it is that I was much more of a physical comedian than a quick, witty thinker with my words. In fact, whenever it was my turn to speak during a scene, I had a terrible habit of freezing up. My mind would just go blank and needless to say, it would result in awkward moments for my other cast members who had to wait for me to do something, which usually just came out in the form of a funny face or a spastic movement with my body. It did very little to forward the scene along or the story, but my seminary friends, they were gracious enough to receive whatever I had to offer and to subsequently yes and whatever it was. But when I look back on those times doing improv, it's not the embarrassment that I dwell on. It's the more amazing moments when something amazing would happen during a scene. And some of those most amazing moments were when somebody would do a callback. And a callback is a joke that refers to a previous joke that was told earlier in the set. And it was always so brilliant when somebody would find a way to weave one of those earlier jokes back into the current scene. It's like this full circle moment. And I was always in awe whenever someone in the troupe was able to be quick enough to have that mind to call back a joke that way. Now, despite my inability to come up with any callbacks when I did improv, I do have a callback for you today. And it's actually a callback from my sermon from last week. It's a line that I mentioned in my sermon that was actually preached by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. A line saying this, the old order is passing away. Almost word for word, Paul uses that exact same phrase this week 
when he writes in his letter to the Corinthians, the present form of this world is passing away. This callback, as I was preparing for this sermon, seemed too important to ignore. So let's just take a moment to dig into this line for a moment. And before we get to catastrophic thinking in our heads, as we think of the old order or the present form of this world passing away, I want you to notice that neither King nor Paul used the phrase to fill us with fear as if the world itself was passing away. Just that the old order or the present form of this world are passing away. And that's an important distinction because often when I think of things changing or something dying, I think of it as, it's, as though it's disappearing when really it's just experiencing transformation. And thinking in terms like this with our current situation, our American reality, we have heard politicians and pundits talk about how the other politician or the other party will mean death for America or even more death for our world. And these fear-mongering images, they convince us almost that we must fight and sometimes even fight violently to preserve what we have. But neither King nor Paul are trying to elicit fear or a violent response when they speak of the old order or the present form of this world passing away. Instead, their words are an invitation to hope, to hope that another form of our world is possible or a new order of our world is possible beyond the pain and struggle that we are currently experiencing. Connecting King's words and Paul's words to the current moment even more, I heard an echo of their sentiments in the possibility of Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb, that she recited at the presidential inauguration on Wednesday where she said this. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be. A country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. Wow. Those words as they were spoken on Wednesday reverberated deep to the core of my being. I found myself filled with a new hope, dreaming of that day that poet Amanda Gorman describes when mercy will indeed be merged with might and might with right, and that love will then become our legacy and change our children's birthright. Not stasis, but change. Dear people, the old order and the present form of this world are passing away. But that is good news. God is doing a new thing in our midst. And we are co-creators with God in this new thing. We hear the invitation in our gospel of Mark today. 
Jesus invites Simon and Andrew and James and John to follow him, and he will make them fish for people. And this line, to become fishers of people, it's become traditionally understood as our charge as Christians to evangelize other people, to reel them in to this life of following Jesus too. And I can roll with that to some extent. I want others to experience the grace and love of Jesus as well. But I think there's more to that invitation than just creating more Christians or Christ followers. In one of my favorite books, Binding the Strongman, a political reading of Mark's story of Jesus, author Ched Myers says this about Jesus's invitation to fish for people. He says, there is perhaps no expression more traditionally misunderstood than Jesus's invitation to these workers to become fishers of men. This metaphor, despite the grand old tradition of missionary interpretation, does not refer to the quote unquote saving of souls as if Jesus were conferring upon these men instant evangelist status. Rather, the image is carefully chosen from Jeremiah 16, 16, where it's used as a symbol of Yahweh's censure of Israel. Elsewhere, the hooking of fish is a euphemism for judgment upon the rich and powerful from Amos and Ezekiel. So taking this mandate for his own, Jesus is inviting the common folk to join him in his struggle to overturn the existing order of power and privilege. Dear people, many today are suffering because of racism, classism, sexism, ableism, queer phobia. These are all systems of power and privilege that give preference to some at the expense of others. Our scriptures today, combined with the words of contemporary prophets like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman, they inspire us to hope for a day when these old orders and this present form of our world will pass away. And then Jesus invites us as his disciples to participate in making the new reality, that new dream, a new reality for all. Equipped with our very own fish hooks, we are invited to pull down the mighty from their thrones and lift up the lowly. So I ask, how is God equipping you and inviting you into this new reality? Where is God resurrecting new life from the places in which the old order or the current form of this world are passing away? What is your role in all of it? Let us discern our changes to reality with hope. Our psalm today reminds us that it is for God alone that we wait in silence. That's discernment right there in a nutshell. But with our hope on God, our rock and our salvation, we shall not be shaken, no matter how much the present form of this world is passing away. Because even at the grave of the old order, we wait for God with trust because God is doing a new thing. And we not only trust God, but God trusts us and 
invites us through Jesus to follow and to fish for people. So with this charge before us, I leave with you the final lines of Amanda Gorman's poem. When day comes, we step outside of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only enough, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Amen.
Responding together to Christ's call, let us offer our prayers for all in need. Responding to each petition, receive our prayer. We pray for the church, especially our bishops, pastors, deacons, musicians, and servers, that God's Spirit empower all the baptized with wisdom to follow Christ's call. O God, our salvation, receive our prayer. We pray for Sunday schools and for all parish education, for teachers and participants, young and old, that God form the faithful even when classes cannot regularly meet in person. O oh God, our salvation, receive our prayer. We pray for the earth, its seas, lakes, and rivers, for their myriad creatures, and for those whose livelihood depends upon them, that God raise up advocates and scientists to guide an ecological care for creation. O God of our salvation, receive our prayer. We pray for the nations, for our elected and appointed leaders, for racial concord in our cities, and for those who have been considered our enemies, that God lead the world into commonwealths of justice and peace. O God of our salvation, receive our prayer. We pray for relief from COVID-19, for the fearful, the sick, and the dying, for medical workers, and for all who await the vaccine, for the unemployed and the quarantined, that God uphold the world's people through this time of affliction. We remember especially those we name in the chat feature or by temporarily unmuting. For Allison Mengafort and for Angelica Bavel, both recovering from physical injuries, pray for healing. 
O God, our salvation, receive our prayer. We pray for this time of listening and discernment in our community that your spirit guide and inspire us. O God, our salvation, receive our prayer. We join in thanksgiving for Blessed Mary, Paul, Timothy, Titus, Silas, Lydia, Dorcas, Phoebe, Thomas Aquinas, and all your people from ancient times until today who have lived and died in faith. Receive all these prayers for the sake of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I have just a few announcements to share with you this night. First of all, we welcome everyone here tonight, especially anybody who is a newcomer or is relatively newer to our community. We're so grateful you are here. If you would like to learn more about our congregation or get involved more, we still have opportunities to do that even during the pandemic. Uh, so if you're interested, we encourage you to check out uh, our welcome page at htchicago.org. For those of you who are signed up for our e-news and who have been receiving uh, different emails from Bo and from uh, our pastors here, you've probably already seen the anti-racism survey that has gone out into your inbox. And we encourage you, we have two weeks left in January to fill this out before we will start to gather the responses and uh, look at the overall data. All of this data that we collect from this survey will remain anonymous for you individually. There is no need to worry that this will somehow, your answers will be tied to your identity. It'll all be um, looked at as a, as a whole, as an overall picture of where we're at as a congregation. And that's really the goal of this anti-racism anti survey is to gather the pulse of our congregation. Even if you haven't been involved in this work of our anti-racism ministry, we still encourage you to participate. We'd like as many voices as possible uh, to gain uh, the best sense of our congregation as possible with regards to this work. We also want to hear your voice and uh, to engage your ears in listening uh, and your spirit in listening as we uh, have the second installment tonight of our discernment conversations. Uh, this is a three-week process, so that you can consider this a uh, conversation that's just picking back up from last week. So even in the small groups that you'll be in after worship uh, for those discernment conversations, you'll see some of the same people from last week. If there are any newcomers from this week, uh, they, they might be new to your group, but you will see some of the same people uh, as you get into your small group tonight. And we encourage you um, to stick around for those conversations. Your voice is truly valued in this process. And uh, the more people participating, I think the, the greater sense of uh, God's spirit and movement uh, will be gained and will be uh, discerned in this process. So even if you haven't joined us for last conversation, you're still welcome to join. Newcomers are welcome to these conversations. Our annual meeting is coming up at the end of this month as well. On January 31st, it'll be taking place at 10.20 a.m., just after our 9.30 a.m. service on Sunday, uh, that, that Sunday. And so we encourage you to attend worship that morning with our HT Lakeview uh, site, and then to join for the meeting or to just jump in at 10.20 using the link for worship that morning uh, to join for the annual meeting that day. And so uh, we encourage everyone to participate in this annual meeting. We are one church in two sites. So HG Loop will not be having its own annual meeting. We are all together as one as Holy Trinity. So we encourage your participation, your voice, your vote uh, in all the things that will be decided at our annual meeting on Sunday, January 31st. 
With that said, those are all the announcements I have. We will continue now with our, the uh, singing of our Lord's Prayer. With trust in God who nourishes and sustains us, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Please receive this blessing. Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who traveled away with us. So be swift to love, and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of the triune God, who made us and loves us, and goes before us, be upon you and all those whom you love, this day and always. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks to, be to God. And we end service today with our sharing of the peace. So once again, I invite you back into Gallery View as we started today's service, uh, welcoming one another. I invite you back into Gallery View as we share the peace with one another. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. And also with you. God's peace. God's peace. Peace.